0: Hello Michigan's thanks for joining us again sorry it's taken so long to get back to recording and editing and putting out the podcast turns out quarantine plus my computer breaking equals k can't get anything done in any aspect of life I'm sure a lot of you are feeling the same um but I have a new computer hooray thank you friends um we Our stay-at-home order has been lifted. Krista and I are getting together soon to plan out season two. It's going to be awesome. So please hang around for that sometime in early October. Um, and here is just a little interview with Krista and her husband and author, Greg, uh, to talk a little bit about his experiences with the paranormal. Thanks.
1: So, now we're... I'm back. This is Krista. I'm recording with my husband, Greg, who's on my show now. Although, I guess Cinema Guano is also technically my show as well. That's mostly your show, though.
2: Yeah, it's our show. Yeah, I just do most of the work. You do. You do, like, all the work, really.
1: So, yeah, check out our other podcast, Cinema Guano. Um, But right now, we're doing Haunted Mitten from home. um, Since our governor has said no one's allowed to leave their homes, essentially... Kay and Aaron are now at their apartment, and Greg and I are at home um, doing our segment because I wanted to get some of Greg's personal ghostly stories because he's had quite a few experiences as well. What would you like to talk about?
2: Oh, I thought you were going to ask me questions here. (laughs) No. Oh, okay.
1: Um, Well, I guess... Uh, have you had a lot of experiences throughout your life, and like when you were a kid? Because I had a lot when I was a kid. I haven't really.
2: Yeah, not when I was a kid. Mostly when I was like an adolescent, teaching like teenager. Okay, so like, like if, that you, age. And then if you're a in mutant, college... that's
1: when you were coming into your powers. Yeah, right. <laughs> Weird nerds.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah, like the I know the one that Kay Gray wanted us to talk about was.
1: Yeah, she's utterly fascinated by this. I think it's pretty
0: cool too. Yeah, it
2: was when I was in um, high school. And it wasn't so much like a ghost experience. Um, I like I always described it as being like a time slip experience.
1: And like so, my understanding of time slip has always been just basically people sort of moving through time or seeing through time. Uh, The it's it's actually kind of based on science. Um, The the premise being that time is fluid. Time is not linear, which most people seem to accept at this point, truly, that time is kind of happening all at once. And we see it as linear because our feeble brains, that's how they have to process it. Um, It's getting into quantum theory a bit here, but it's really cool, and I find it really fascinating. But there are two prongs to time slip theory that I've found. One is people wander into another time. There's a famous one about Marie Antoinette. Um, Two ladies were... I don't know walking the grounds in france and all of a sudden they're walking through the woods and all of a sudden the people around them are from several hundred years ago and they're like is some kind of historical reenactment thing going on here and no no there's nothing going on and they just they kept walking and suddenly they were back in their own time so to speak that's a really famous one Mm. um i don't remember all the details i'll see if i can find it and i'll link to it later um and then but then another one being like the bermuda triangle where someone takes off in their plane, they fly for 10 minutes, and all of a sudden they're like two hours later and everyone's going, where the hell have you been for the last two hours? And they're like, what are you talking about? It's only been 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens a lot, too. So yeah. that's that's time slip in a nutshell.
2: Yeah. I know John Tenney has that time slip story, too. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I like that story. Yeah. Uh, I use
1: that as, a, as an example a lot, even though it's not my story. It's very much his story.
2: Yeah. Um, um, Aaron or A.M. Dean thought that that was your story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So he was trying to explain the story to me, and I'm like, yeah, Aaron, I know this story. I'm pretty sure I've told you this story.
1: (laughs) No, I told him that story um, when we were talking about um, just kind of metaphysical stuff for the play when I was doing dramaturgy. Yeah. I don't know. Should we tell that story now that we've talked
2: about it? Um, I think you should probably link to Kenny's telling of that story on his podcast. That's true, yeah. Because I think he's got an episode where he does tell that story. Yeah, I think
1: he mentions it in his podcast. Um, I'll go find that. he's a great speaker i i don't i think i've talked about him on this podcast before john el tenney follow him on twitter he's hilarious yeah um he does he does speak quite a bit around southeast michigan area um weird lectures i believe is what it's called but uh, yeah when we're not under quarantine yeah when we're not under quarantine Um, But he does have some podcast episodes in there worth a listen for sure as well. Um,
2: And he's also involved with um, the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal. He's friends with Greg and Dana Newkirk, um, who, if you haven't watched Hellier and you are stuck indoors, definitely check that out. It's free on YouTube both seasons.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all free now. Um,
2: And if you're interested in just, like, weird paranormal stuff, not necessarily ghosts and things, but just, like, that subject in general um it's it's definitely worth a watch
1: and they get into some um witchcraft stuff too which
2: is wonderful yeah they get into witchcraft
1: um is a witch hashtag is a witch yeah she she actually is she's a modern witch
2: canadian witch
1: Ooh, exotic yeah but yeah that's if you're into that i don't know i mean there were no goblins
2: yeah no goblins one star no spoiler alert oh my god i
1: give it one star (laughs) um but no that is interesting and that they get into technical aspects of things
2: um, yeah, and it kind of ranges all over from cryptids to UFOs to, um yeah, paganism and the occult. Yeah, to so some some stuff that we conspiracy we'll, theories we yeah,
1: may get into yeah, like, later in the podcast. All for kinds sure. of because we are interested in yeah. that stuff too. But yeah, so far we've mostly been concentrating on ghosts. But there's some great, great paranormal unusual weird stories in Michigan yeah. as well. We're and, like a hot spot. It's great.
2: And they they kind of subscribe and Tenny kind of does too, to more of a pan paranormal um, philosophy that you know it's all sort of connected. That yeah. It's not set, like Sasquatch and UFOs and, you know, ghosts and things aren't necessarily all different stuff, that they're all kind of connected. And that seems to be a a, a more and more popular yeah. theory in the last 10 years, maybe something along those well, lines. Well, I think
1: it kind of was in the beginning, but w- yeah, I think we moved away from that. Like people kind of get in their niches and they're, they're right. very happy there. Like, oh, ghosts are all woo woo. You can't be a ghost, but Bigfoot now he's the real deal. Yeah. yeah that kind of legit. Yeah. That kind of thing.
2: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, all, all three of them worth a follow and, you know, hell year is worth checking out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so back to your story. Yeah. Back to my story. Um, so uh, I went to high school at um, a uh, like, large private school here in Michigan called Cranbrook. Um, it looks like Hogwarts. Yeah it like, really does.
1: Picture Hogwarts, and that's Cranbrook.
2: Yeah. Um, which has been around since the 1800s. and it's it's a pretty like big sprawling campus. They do have like everything like elementary through high school, and then there is also a two year arts college that's that's part of the campus. And then there's an art museum that's part of the Arts College and there is a science museum which is actually pretty neat. It's kind yeah. of geared towards a younger audience, but,
1: but it's fun. We've been a few times. The yeah. art museum is great too.
2: Yeah, the art museum is really neat. They have a lot of um rotating art exhibits. That's one of the nice things about that particular museum is that it changes out. Yeah. A lot so you can go there again and again. We went there to go and see a punk rock art like, not already yeah. do it, but, like, old posters and, you know, zines and all kinds of stuff. And that was albums really you could listen to. Yeah, albums you could listen to. It was
1: really cool. It made me feel a little old, but it was, it was really cool.
2: I really liked it. So, yeah, they, they rotate out a lot. Um, and then they have the original founder's house, Booth House, um, which you can also take tours of. Um, and uh, uh, Booth was the guy who set up the school there as an educational institution. So, when you're uh, getting ready to graduate from the high school, one of their traditions is that you have dinner with your class at Booth House. And they separate the... the even though the, the school is not no longer separated into a men's school and a women's school, it used to be that way. I think only the middle school is now separate schools. The high school, everybody goes to class together. But for the dinner because it's a tradition thing they do separate you into men's and women's nice and the men were uh, all ate dinner i believe it was in the library ooh yeah they had these massive tables brought in and you know it's super fancy like this is you know th- th- this is uh, pretty kind of elegant you know, yeah
1: yeah out of my league yeah and all, like all the guys have <laughs> to
2: you know have you know, dinner jackets or you know whatever wow um and then afterwards you reunite with the other half of the class and you go on a tour of the house um and and some of the artwork in booth house is kind of spooky to begin with there's a lot of like art deco um or art nouveau snake motif type stuff mm, interesting uh, yeah um just kind of odds and ends different you know not necessarily pictures and things or portraits or anything but just different like art pieces that they had that have been preserved from the original um, owners so we're going through on this tour and my friends decide that they want to go and hang back from the tour for a second and check out this little side room that is at the top Landing of of a staircase going up to the second floor. And they kind of want to, you know, see what's in this room that we had not gone in as part of the tour. So we hang back a couple of feet and the tour goes around the corner and they go into this little side room. So the side room turns out to be essentially a long hallway. Type walk in closet, and it's got a door on our end, and there's a door on the other end. So, presumably, there's another, you know, room, a bedroom, or something on the other end of that, mm-hmm. you know, hallway. But it's all like closet cubbies on either side, and then there's a window that overlooks the grounds on one, uh, you know, along one wall. So they go in there, they come back out, and then I go in there as kind of the last person, I think. And the moment I stepped in there, um, I, I was, it was no longer night. It was daytime. And there's a little boy, probably like six or eight years old, maybe in short pants, you know, the, the blue suit, um, very clearly from around the 1800s based on how this kid is dressed. And it's very clear to me that like, a, he, he doesn't know that I'm there. Um, But I'm physically there. This is not like an out-of-body type experience. Mm -hmm. This is, I'm physically in this place in this time. But this person cannot observe me. And this kid is panicking. And and I realize he can't get out. These two doors have shut on him. And he can't get the latch to to open. And this kid is freaking out. And this goes on for probably eight or ten minutes. I mean, this goes on for a while, and the more he's freaked... just standing there watching this. And thing. I'm just standing there, and the more he, like, I'm feeling his panic. I uh-huh. can feel what he's feeling, mm-hmm. um, more than in just a, an empathetic, you know, way. I mean, I'm, I'm really feeling this kid's panic. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and and I don't know if part of it was I didn't know how to get out of this situation. Because I didn't – I couldn't just back out of the room, uh, you know. Okay. Being, was the door
1: shut behind you?
2: Uh, I di- I don't think I ever turned around to look at it, but I got okay. the impression that it was, yes, because he couldn't get out. Because couldn't I get was out, between right. him and the door.
1: Now, was there stuff in the cubbies, too? Like, was it just a full closet? Or was yeah. it just the boy? Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was and, – and I think the, the stuff in the cubbies – and, and uh, you know, it, it's been more than, like, 20 years since this, you know, this incident. Mm-hmm. But the stuff in the cubbies was adult clothes, but okay. it still would have been, it was still from that time period. It was still recognizably like anywhere from the late 1800s or early 1920s, somewhere in that. Okay, like dated. Yeah, like yeah. it was very clear. You could tell kind of what the time period was based on what these clothes looked like. Um, And if I remember right, the, you know, when I looked in the room, um, there were no clothes in there. It was empty. You know, there was nothing in the closets when my friends were in there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine they use the house for too awful much.
2: No, it's mostly yeah. a tourist thing. It's you yeah. can tour the, um, and you can kind of walk around the grounds. I think pretty much for free. You can just walk around because the gardens are really neat there. Mm-hmm. They've got some really beautiful gardens. Um, but uh, so yeah, uh, and this goes on for like eight or ten minutes, and I don't really, I don't think, start panicking that I can't get out. Because I'm still watching this other, like I don't, it doesn't quite register with me immediately what the situation sort of is. Yeah, I'm a little too lost to really panic about it yet. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, yeah, you know, it it stops and I'm back in my own time period and it's nighttime again and my friends are right there outside the room and we start catching up, you know, with the with the rest of the group and it becomes very clear to me that. No time has passed while I was in there. It's it's only a few mm-hmm. seconds have passed that I just popped into the room, and came back out.
1: So your friends only—they just saw you walk in the room and come yeah. back out again.
2: Oh yeah, like they—they they did not. And I talked to one of them afterwards, who was, um, you know, who was a witch and was into the the you know the paranormal and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and told him what happened because but by, by the time I caught back up with him, I I was starting to freak out in this, at the end of this tour, yeah. Because there's something else that happened at the end of the tour So we go through the rest of the tour um, And then they they let us go And where If you were a, a day student Because they did have dormitories where the boarding students lived Because there's a lot of people from out of the country Or out of, you know, out of state or mm-hmm. whatever Because um, it's modeled after an English boarding school Yeah So I, I walk out of the house I go start you know, start going to where my car is. and for... Something makes me turn back to look at this house. And when I turn back to look at the house, there's the window for that hallway closet. And in the window, I can see there's a figure. There's the outline of a figure. And it's dark in there. And so all I can see is the, the shadow of this figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. I've had enough at that point, And I book it. And it's like a mile back to where my car is parked. And I just ran the whole way. <laughs> um, and then I don't remember if I called... My friend, who was a boarding student, or if I like, once I got to the car, I calmed down a little bit and then ran over to where his dorm was. I forget, mm-hmm. um, but like I didn't know what to make of this situation. Like I, I legitimately
1: You'd never experienced anything like that before. No, or... no, yeah, it's not a common phenomenon
2: at yeah. all. Yeah, like I said, I didn't, you know, I didn't have that kind of weird stuff happen to me when I was a kid or anything. So, but yeah, yeah. So that was my time slip, but. <laughs> <laughs> experience and, and yeah. to this day i still kind of don't know necessarily what to make of
1: it yeah they seem to be really random like people are just walking along doing their thing and all of a sudden they're in a different time period
2: right well and, and one of the things that was different about this experience from any other time slip experience that i've ever heard was that the kid didn't seem to register that i was there in every yeah. other time slip experience i've ever heard of um the person from the present could interact normally like you were talking to whoever with Mm -hmm. the person from that they were observing from the past that you were in the same place at the same time and you could talk to that person and they could respond to you and, and, you know, you could have a normal conversation. You were
1: aware of each other. They were aware of each other. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's true for whatever that's worth.
1: Yeah, and it could also be that was a, an a impression on the room, because if this kid was panicked, he might have left. You know, there's a theory that ghosts are, or some ghosts, are not ghosts of dead people. Um, They're just impressions. So it's like a memory. It's like watching a videotape.
2: Yeah, the idea of, like, the stone recordings and that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: which I I do think that Kay and I have talked about on here before. Yeah, but, but again, the thing
2: that, uh, as far as I know, is different from that is that the time of day changed that with that's true everything changed yeah that everything changed and that other people could not observe this that you know that my friends were standing right there it, it didn't you know didn't appear to them they didn't see any of this um one of the one of the theories that i know we've heard tenny talk about that really interests me is that if you accept that um, ghosts or other entities can manipulate electromagnetic waves manipulate electricity mm-hmm. that they can take energy from electronics because you know a lot of ghost hunters and things will use emf meters and will use yeah. Re- things like the ghost recorders box recorders and, any yeah. of that stuff technology um, right so what is to then if you if you accept that that is fact and I'm not saying that you have to, that, or, that, yeah, or that it is. Yeah, but that is. is
1: a very popular belief.
2: Correct. That is a pretty standard belief amongst most ghost hunting groups. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big theory. Yeah. It's It's pretty accepted. But. So if you do accept that, then what's to stop, you know, whatever entity it is, or spirit or ghost, from reaching inside your head and messing around with the electrical impulses in your brain and in your body? That mm-hmm. when you're able to hear or see or smell something that nobody else in the room can, That you associate with a a spirit that it's not that that smell or that visual or that sound is either A, actually happening in the room independently, Mm -hmm. um, nor is it a thing you're just imagining that it is that spirit messing with the electrical impulses in your brain triggering you to smell that smell, hear that sound, see that thing. Yeah. Even though, and that's why other people in the room can't see it. Um, That doesn't explain kind of the time distortion that I experienced that this went on for so long, but. Well, at least it felt like it went on. It felt like it went on, you know, for for that long, certainly, yeah. Um, Did you slip into a
1: pocket dimension for 10 minutes and pop right back out again at the same moment you left? Who knows? Yeah,
2: I don't know. Um, and I've never really talked to anybody about whether or not, you know, they ever experienced anything because it is kind of a pretty, I'm not going to say stodgy, but it's a very serious institution. And yeah. it is not a thing where I would ever, you know, where you would ever write to, you know, the people in charge there and go, hey, do you guys have any interesting ghost stories or anything like that? Uh, I will say. Uh, Kay will. K will. As
1: soon as she hears this, she's going to be all over that.
2: Oh, yeah. There is, however, a book um, and I want to say we managed to find excerpts from it at one point, and I think it might be available on Amazon. I would have to double-check. Um, but there is a book written by either the son or the grandson of the founder of the school about the ghosts in the church across the street from Booth House, Christchurch, Cranbrook. And supposedly there was a one of the I think Masons of the church, one of the guys who, you know, mm-hmm. physically built the church, got walled up in there. And I think that has been since debunked. But yeah. it's a popular thing. Yeah. But there is yeah. also a story about how once a year there is a parade of spirits that enters the church. And that if you're there at the right time on the right night, that you mm-hmm. can observe this parade of spirits into the church. Uh, and those are both in this book by you know, a a direct descendant of the original founder of the school. Yeah. Um so it you know, it, there there are certainly ghost stories that are attached to the school. I never heard anything about any like the dormitories or other buildings or anything like that as far as that kind of stuff went. Um I know there is an like an extensive um tunnel, like steam tunnel system underneath.
1: Yeah. And that's really there common in michigan yeah probably most people here are listening in michigan and they know that but those listening outside of michigan it's really common for mm. academic institutions to have that
2: and there's there's a lot of um fountains and things out outdoors on campus so there's yeah. a lot of, you know a, a pretty extensive like plumbing system that's involved with those fountains and things too mm-hmm. uh, we talked
1: about the steam tunnel tumble- tunnels at michigan state in one of the previous episodes
2: yeah so yeah that is that is my my you know time slip uh <laughs> experience there <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a very unique story.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's ne- like it's never happened since, you know, in any place that I've ever been. And like I said, I'm curious as to whether or not it's ever happened to anyone else there or whether anybody else in Booth House has ever, ex- you know. It's certainly old enough that I would expect that it has enough history to it that yeah. i expect. Um, yeah,
1: enough people have passed through those halls.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was some tragedy associated with, with the family, you know, at various points as well. So... To the point where, like, they banned certain things from being built on campus um, because it reminded them too much of, of deceased relatives and and things like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, it's, it's a place that I would expect there to have been, you know, haunting experiences and stuff, certainly.
1: Yeah. If anybody out there knows anything about ghost stories at Cranbrook, we would love to hear them. Yeah. Um, and also, if you're in the area, uh, go check it out. It's really pretty.
2: Yeah. And you can kind of just walk around there, you know. Yeah. It's the a, kind of, of place day, you can so. easily
1: imagine being haunted.
2: Yeah. And really, like, the, it's got a, an oriental garden. It's got um, a number of different lakes, um, one of which is natural and one of which is man-made. Um, it's got a Greek amphitheater there. There is a, actually an, an indoor theater um, that does shows called St. Dunstan's that is, um, I mm-hmm. think it's technically on the property. Uh, and they very frequently will do an outdoor show during the summer at the Greek amphitheater.
1: Yep, we've seen property. a couple there. I we've
2: think? seen one. We know some people who have been yeah, in yeah. others. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was really
1: neat. That was that's a fun thing to do in the summer if they let us out.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, and you can like you you get to bring you know a bottle of wine to the you know, theater and just yeah, hang out there and watch theater. So yeah,
1: um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any other other weird stuff happened to you in like, your life?
2: I, I mean, off and on, um, when I used to work. In uh, Dearborn, I I swore to God I met the deceased founder, uh, or one of the deceased original owners of our company, um, and like literally, like, legitimately had a conversation with the guy, like, yeah, whole thing. And I didn't find out that, like, I did I didn't realize who it was because I'd never seen a picture of the guy until shortly after, um, and I was like, that that looks like the guy that I had this like conversation with who said, oh, yeah, I used to own this business, and he kept trying to get me to give him a, a deal on something. <laughs> and, and, like, I knew the guys who, you know, I knew the the surviving owners, you know, of the business. I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. I had met them. They were at meetings and things. Yeah. You know, so I... I just chalked it up to you know some guy who was making up a story that wanted a discount on something. Yeah, you know, kind of thing.
1: Like they, do. oh, I'm friends with the owner,
2: kind of deal. I'm yeah. friends with the manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure you are. Yeah. So this guy yeah, insisted, oh no, I used to own this business and you know this that, you know, and I knew what the story of the business was and I was like, no, you didn't.
1: Yeah, it, you can't have.
2: Yeah, there's no way you had. Um, so yeah, oh, this was like, just
1: you were just hanging out, working, yeah. stocking shelves yeah, 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 or yeah. something yeah and this guy just comes up to you and starts talking yeah
2: he wanted a he wanted to deal on like a sprinkler or something <laughs> i don't know yeah um, well, that's interesting and yeah like i didn't see a picture of what what you know, the guy looked like until a little while after that and <laughs> that was that was a little you know it took me a minute to put two and two together yeah yeah so that was that was a weird kind of little. and you know experience. that he was deceased when yeah. you talked to him oh yeah 100 because he was deceased before i i worked for the company yeah yeah
1: maybe he was testing the new guys
2: I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> no, I mean I'd been working there for a little while, so okay. Um, Just having some fun. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was yeah uh, an unusual experience. Um, oh, um, Fort Wayne. That's the other one. I guess. Oh I yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kay and I have not been to Fort Wayne yet. We've wanted to go for a, a long time. Um, and Greg got to go. Um, he was with a friend of ours. I'll let you tell why you were there. Yeah. So it's, I was it's there. Fun.
2: Um, our friend, Emmy Jackson, um, builds Mad Max cars. That's his, that's his hobby. And he's a writer too. You should go out, look up his books. Yeah. The super wonderful dude. Um, but his, yeah, he's, he's got, you know, f- between like five and eight cars in his yard at any yeah. one time that he's turning into these Mad Max vehicles. And he's got a camper that he's done this with. He's got, uh, a, an old Jaguar that he put up on, on giant truck tires. He's got all kinds of stuff. He's, he's a fun, he's uh, a fan of Miatas and yeah. Subarus. Those are I love yeah, it. some of yeah. his favorites. So uh, every year at Fort Wayne, they do a car show. And you pull your car in there and you park it in inside the grounds of the fort. And outside the actual like Fort Battlements itself, there are a lot of the old buildings, the old um, uh, barracks and things like that. A lot of them are, are falling down. They're trying to restore, you know, a lot of that stuff. But, um, you know, the roofs mm-hmm. are caved in and, and yeah. stuff like that. And this um, is
1: not the original fort that became Detroit. It's the second one, I believe, which is still hundreds of years old.
2: Yes. Although it, it was built by the British, I think. It was at least in operation long enough that there was a movie theater on the ground. So I don't know when the actual fort closed. Um, I'm
1: not sure. I'd have to look. I've done some research because I've been doing research into the history of Detroit. Um, but the, the original fort was closer to the water. Mm-hmm. And then when the British got it from the French, they were like, this is not a great place for a fort. And so they moved it up the hill. And then I believe that's the fort that's there now.
2: Yeah, it is. Cause it is, it is kind of up. It's, it's kind of sunken in with these, with the hills around it. Oh it's yeah. Sort I'll, of how it's.
1: I'll bet. Cause yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're talking pre-America or pre- yes. pre-United States. Yeah.
2: It's pretty old. Um, So yeah. So we were there because Emmy brought, several of his cars he got some friends together they drove his cars out from where he lives uh, over to Fort Wayne to go and just hang out that uh, you know and let people look at his cars and then we kind of wandered around and looked at other people's cars and stuff and just made a day of it mm-hmm. uh, and I don't I had never been over to Fort Wayne before I that was the first time I was there but I knew that Fort Wayne is kind of notoriously haunted it is yeah. it's
1: it's often called one of the most haunted places in Michigan but so many places make that claim that, yeah you know take that with a grain of salt I suppose
2: Um, and this was one of the only, like, honestly scary haunting experiences that I've ever had, or, like, paranormal experiences that I've ever had.
1: Yeah, because you said you won't go back with us.
2: Uh, I, I don't have the desire to go back, but, like, (laughs) I could probably be persuaded to do it. I have no desire to do so. Okay. Um, so the way that the fort is set up, there's essentially a big, clear, empty area in the center of the fort. And then there are the battlements around the outside where, you know, um they have uh, slits where you can you know shove a, shove a gun through or whatever
1: mm-hmm.
2: Gun ports I guess so uh, and then that's also where cannons would likely have been um, yeah. so they would have rolled the cannons through these ports. So you can go inside there and you can go on the inside of the battlements and see where the where these rooms were and uh, well, you know I had kind of gone through looked at all the the other cars and stuff that were there um, and so I said oh I'll go and wander around the fort for a little bit see what this is and I wandered into one of the first um first rooms on the inside and it it felt like my head was gonna explode like there was just this tremendous not like sinus pressure or anything but like something was pushing from the inside out
1: like just cranial pressure yeah and like the the
2: closest thing i could think of was uh, you or i kind of wondered if that's what it felt like being in there when the cannons were being fired yeah that the, I mean, the it would be so loud percussion from the cannons oh yeah would feel like that and and i kind of got out of that room pretty pretty damn quick like i had no desire to go back in there um got back to the outside of the fort and then uh, the group that we were with decided that, like, the car show was starting to pack up a little bit. So the group that we were with decided, well, let's take a wander around the grounds. And so I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to go back, you know, go back in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, a, a dummy me went back in there with them. And,
1: I would go back in just to see if it repeated.
2: Yeah. Um. And I didn't get the same effect, but what I felt was like I was being choked. Not hard, but like mm-hmm. it was like somebody grabbing onto the back of your shirt and pulling it back against you and just okay. continuing to do it. Okay. Um, or like leading you around by a rope or something. That's what it felt like. It wasn't like somebody was trying to actually strangle you or anything. Okay. Um, and it felt very hostile. Like it felt very... Get out of here. Kind of like it, it felt very, or, or kind of like, what are you doing here, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but I kind of made it, made it through with the rest of them, and then we wandered around the outside walls of the fort, and then real quick went back in where where you know Emmy's cars were, and and um, we left after that. But yeah, that's not an experience I really need to, you know, need to repeat, yeah. repeat or anything. And I think they do. Ghost tours and things there that you can. do I think if I they remember correctly. have um, the local Society for Creative Anachronism group that I used to play with. They would do some events there too. They would do some medieval, um, like reenactment events that they you know they're involved in there, mm-hmm. over at Fort Wayne. Um, and I want to say you can camp out there too, if I remember correctly. There's certain certain th- certain times a year where you can, um, uh, like camp at, you know camp there for some reason. I don't know. I know they, they do a
1: lot to um, to get money so that they can restore it and keep it going and yeah. stuff. Because it's, it's pretty old. Yeah. Pretty old. Um, um, yeah, I believe that one was built by the British after they um, won Canada from the French, I want to say. I know it was involved in the War of 1812 hmm. as well. Um, when the British won Detroit from the Americans... I believe that's the only U.S. city to be conquered. Or they—they um, they gave up too. Yeah, like, they say, because they surrendered right they away. They surrendered, <laughs> um, pretty quickly, which obviously was to save lives. Yeah. Um. But yeah. War of eighteen twelve was pretty bloody. Um. A lot of uh, places around here that were battlefields are haunted and things. You could take your own War of eighteen twelve haunted tour, really, of Southeast Michigan. Yeah. Right. Um. Between Detroit, Monroe, River Raisin. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But Michigan-wise, those are the couple of ones that I can think of. Certainly, um, I mean, I definitely had like some weird experiences when I lived in New Orleans. And uh, what are some New Orleans stories? Um, we can go on a road trip. Yeah, honestly, the the big one. And by like by this time, I was more interested in spiritualism and and you know that kind of stuff, ghosts and things. Um, that that time slip experience kind of like kicked off a whole period where I was really interested in that. Um, maybe yeah I mean I would want to know like what the heck that was what
1: happened yeah
2: and and partially it was that partially it was you know, kind of let's see where this goes and whether there are you know, other experiences and things that I end up having um, but there there was there was a group of us who were kind of um, we, we kind of had our own little not quite ghost hunting you know group or anything but we would you know uh yeah kind of wander around campus and do that sort of stuff and see what happened yeah um and there was so so the Tulane university is divided into kind of two main halves and then there's uh, a street called ferret that cuts down the middle so half the campus is on one side of ferret the other half of the campus is on on the other side of Foret. um and the one side of ferret where a lot of the um Older academic buildings are all like at night always gave me kind of a creepy, weird feeling. And at one point I had uh, not like a breakdown, but kind of like a panic attack almost in the in the middle of that um, section of campus. And I kept getting this feeling of things being trapped there, like a group of of people being trapped there, stuck there. Mm because of someone else and and this group felt very disparate it was not you know a group of people who are group of spirits who were all there from the same time period or were there from uh you know who who were all there in life or anything like that but it was this sort of various spirits who had who were stuck there but they were just dis- they were a disparate group and we would keep seeing the shadow of this this person around the lampposts especially on that side of campus at night Hmm. and it was it was kind of like a shadow person experience Mm -hmm. yeah that people have described but yeah
1: i described shadow experiences in the first part of this podcast when i was with kay and her husband Aaron. yeah
2: um but i know a lot of those experiences are often associated with sleep and sleep paralysis and that kind of stuff and this was we were Mm. wide awake walking around in the evening this was not a uh, you know, it was definitely not a sleep paralysis you know, Experience And through, through Various things we eventually figured out That this person that we kept seeing Who, who always gave off this Really Malicious Feeling Every time you saw this, this shadow against the, the Lamppost it was a really malicious Feeling um, That this was what was keep, you know, This was the person that was keeping these other People there that they were stuck in this section of, of campus for whatever reason. And we narrowed it down to a building that he was associated with that we would that we would keep seeing him around. That at the time that I was there was like the academic counseling building for the humanities department, I think is what it was. So when you went in there to declare your major and stuff, mm-hmm. you know you, that's who you had to talk to. Yeah. And originally, that had been a privately owned restaurant back in the day. And then the university eventually bought that property and bought the restaurant. Um, But they allowed the the guy who owned it to keep operating it. And they turned it into essentially what was one of the first dining halls on campus. Oh, okay. Um, But this guy eventually started to lose his faculties. And he would um, do things like serve the students rancid meat, or Oof. or meat that had you know bugs and things in it, and, and stuff like that. And it was eventually the the university had to take it away from him, and and it was not apparently a peaceful you know, uh, or an amicable split between him and the university. Yeah. And you know, we were pretty sure that what we kept seeing was this guy who Uh-oh. who owned that restaurant who. He lost his mind and, and had it taken away from him and that it was this this malicious the maliciousness came from that and that he yeah, was keeping he'd... these other people stuck there that he was exercising dominance over these other people because he was so angry yeah i don't know how he would mm-hmm. trap
1: other people there or where he would get them from
2: i I, th- I think it was just people who uh who who themselves had an attachment to the university or to that to the campus um who you know when they passed their spirits stuck around but for one reason or another we're, were not as strong or we're, were somehow susceptible to you know, being being dominated by this other person that you, they may have been there otherwise they may have been there on campus or they may have been you know kind of harmless campus spirits or whatever you want to call them because they're because of their mm-hmm. attachment to it um, in you know, in the same way that he was attached to it because of negative emotions, because of you know this malicious feeling that he had. So they may have been there, but not felt trapped by something else. Is my guess. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, we went through. We you know, we uh, salted you know areas, and we you know did kind of the stuff that we could, you know, to try and resolve. <laughs> this experience or or this drive this situation. person out situation yeah or or help the other spirits help the, yeah help these other people you know get to where they wanted to go or not be tr- not be stuck by this person yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so yeah that was that was you know, the big one that i can remember that was kind of traumatic for me because i was the one that kept having the, like that had this panic attack yeah and it, and it was it felt like all of these other people kind of pressing in on me that were stuck there
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard of mostly houses, I suppose, where that have multiple spirits from various times that have lived in the house, and there's one dominant being who's an asshole. Yeah. Um, You you run into that. I mean, probably some of the listeners have run into that if they read a lot of true haunt stories. Yeah. Um, Especially the uh, books written by mediums about Mm -hmm. their experiences of mediumship. You run into things like that a fair amount. Mm -hmm. Even some of the TV shows. Mm -hmm. We'll hear about that. They'll get, you know, EVPs. Um, I remember a couple from, I don't know what TV shows, they do reenactments, you know, mm. and they're listening to, to EVPs on their little recorder and it's like a kid going, oh, he's coming, you know, who's coming? And he says, like, John or whatever. And then you hear a man, a man's voice go, did you tell them my name? Mm. Um, you know, I, I remember that one being in one of those old reenactment shows. Yeah. Um, and I think I've heard that story repeated elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I know like um,
2: uh, Sally House, um, i just not that long ago listened to the Astonishing Legends yeah. series on Sally House. And, and one of their theories was that there are multiple entities in, in Sally House and one of them is kind of a malicious negative entity and the other, you know, some of the other ones are not. Or else that it's that malicious entity pretending to be somebody else. Mm. you know pretending to be a child or pretending to be a you know it's messing with you right it's one thing it's trying to lure you you into a false sense of security or or that kind of thing yeah okay um so that is entirely yeah you know another kind of possibility yeah um i I know
1: that's a big question in like the paranormal ghost world i suppose is uh are multiple entities in one location are they aware of each other and sometimes it seems that they are, and sometimes it doesn't seem like they are. Mm-hmm. So, big question mark. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And Sally House is unique because apparently it's like one of the one of the few places where they will almost guarantee that you will have an experience if you if you go there and and do a, a ghost hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can essentially rent the place to go and do. Yeah, it's like their know, bread and butter. Basically, yeah. It's yeah. it's a historical building, but it is privately it is. It's just a historical building managed by the city, but it is privately owned, to the best of my knowledge. Um, that could be, they, yeah, yeah. So they take you on I mean, tours there and stuff like that. Pla- yeah, there are historical places like yeah. that all over there. Um, but yeah, they will almost get, if you if you go there, you do you know, you rent it out for a ghost hunt, and anybody can do it. You know, um, they will. Almost, I'm sure Kay will. Yeah, for like
1: some vacation, she'll oh, yeah. talk Aaron into going.
2: Um, but they will almost, I yeah, <laughs> guarantee you, that you are going to have some kind of experience. Um, that, is, that is actually where we, we were talking about off-air a while back um, about the one of the um, owners from the 1970s or 80s uh, where he kept catching fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where not, like, not his clothing, the guy himself. And it happens even though he doesn't live there anymore and he does not own this property. He was a renter there. Um, it happens to him in his new place of residence.
1: Yeah. And that could be something unrelated that there's just something about his body chemistry or, uh-huh. yeah, cause it's difficult for people to, I mean, I assume it's difficult for people to catch on fire. It's easy for us to burn. Yeah. It's difficult for us to catch on fire.
2: Yeah. Um, and it apparently is not like it is, it does not burn his skin or anything. It like, he just catches fire. Um, and they, I believe it was Sightings, did a whole series with with this guy and his family when he lived in in the house, mm-hmm. um, where they would you, they could would catch on camera with you know a person another person there in the room from the Sightings crew, mm-hmm. him getting scratches on his face and starting to bleed, him getting you know yeah where it was very clear that he did not touch himself, nobody else touched this person, um, things like that,
1: yeah. yeah, and I've seen things like that before, yeah, where video of Seeing, like, a scratch raise on someone's skin and it gets all red and angry. And, yeah. yeah. Like a welt. Yeah.
2: Um, the other thing from, like, when I lived down there, um, I used to do a lot of automatic writing. Okay. Which... Ne-
1: I never did that. Yeah. I've
2: often thought about it, but... It's it's a weird experience. Um, like... The, the scientific theory behind it, to my understanding, is similar to, like, why a Ouija board works or why a spirit board works. Yeah. That there is an autonomic function you know, that your body has that causes it to move. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where a lot of
1: um, channeling experiences mm-hmm. come from. Um, there's a pretty famous one, uh, Crazy Wisdom, we just called it Seth. But I believe there's longer words to that. I'll have to go look it up again later. Um, but yeah, there's like a whole section at Crazy Wisdom um, bookstore in Ann Arbor, which is closed right now, but will hopefully be reopening after all of this. Um, there's a whole section on channeling and Seth. And yeah, it's really fascinating. And a lot of it comes from this automatic writing.
2: Yeah. Well, so like my, my experience of it anyway, mm-hmm. um, I, I could actually like think a question um, or ask it out loud either way and get a, a response in many cases but it's 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 not like um, you know I understand spirit possession to be or anything like that right but it's it's your your it's your arm moving of its own accord or your hand moving of its its own accord um, and usually when when I was still doing it um, you would start out just drawing spirals, On a piece of paper And then you're You know It would start to Form letters Or pictures Or numbers Or whatever Um,
1: Some people use drawing too Same thing Only it turns into a picture Instead of
2: Right Words Right Um, So that was And I honestly To For the life of me I can't Remember Why I Stopped doing that Like I would I would probably do it again If I you know Had a reason to Or or something Mm -hmm. Um, but it just kind of tapered off. Um, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just found other hobbies.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Or, or I just, I, I didn't have a reason. A lot, a lot of that stuff, I, I kind of, um, kind of not felt at the wayside, but, um, started happening less and less to me as I, Mm -hmm. I grew older and, you know, you, you grow out of that time period where, um, you know, you're a hormonal teenager or whatever it is, you know. You
1: start working more. You have less free time. You have less energy.
2: And, and I don't know if, like, as you age, some of those faculties sometimes shut down. That you no longer...
1: I mean, they do say that children are more sensitive. Yeah. Um, And also that, like, pregnant women are more sensitive. And uh, some of the theory is, well, one, I mean, women's bodies do get a little more sensitive while they're pregnant. They get nauseated more easily. Their sense of smell seems to increase. All kinds of weird stuff happens when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. But on the spiritual side is that the um, spirit of the baby is not quite there yet it's sort of straddling Mm -hmm. Um, and so the mother by incubating that thing has a a connection to the spiritual realm sure and my mother has said that when she was pregnant with my brother at least that she had some experiences Mm -hmm. and i'm i mentioned this last time i'm gonna totally gonna interview her she's kind of excited about it (laughs) she's got some great stories
2: well we had that experience on your camera phone uh when your nephew was was, was first my, learning my sister-in-law's your sister-in-law's phone. phone yeah where where your nephew was first learning to walk is that what it was yeah
1: it was uh, his first time walking because it was my older nephew who's what like eight now soon to be eight um he was walking for the first time of course young parents they record everything at least they do with the first kid <laughs> i haven't seen too much with the younger one um but yeah it was his first time walking he just walked across the living room floor not too far you know he's mm-hmm. he's baby um but there's this light dancing around him.
2: Yeah. And it's not an orb. It is not what you think of as being like the the no. normal paranormal like, orb. It is a light. Li- it's
1: like Tinkerbell. Yes. It's a light yeah. dancing around him.
2: And it it very clearly is not necessarily interactive, but it very clearly has some kind of intelligent motion.
1: Yeah, cuz it's like like encouraging him on or something kind of it was weird it was interacting with him yeah and you couldn't see it because you can hear um my sister-in-law and my brother on the video going what is that like (laughs) do you see that and they could see it on the video they're watching it live on the video yeah on the camera as they're recording it but they can't see it in front of them yeah and i know that she went back later and tried to recreate it several times and could not recreate it um, so the, the theory in the family is that was the spirit of my father, but, but I've, I have no idea what that was. Yeah. I, I couldn't, could not tell you, but it was just utterly fascinating to watch. It is online, uh, somewhere. The quality is not as great as it used to be just because our computers have gotten better. <laughs> <laughs> so older videos are kind of pixelated now. Um, but I did go back and watch that not too long ago and it was really amazing. Yeah. Um, cause I wanted to go back and watch it now and see like, what. Was it really that cool or is that just my memory of, of it being cool? But no, it still is Yeah. very strange. I would like to send that to someone and just say, like, what could this possibly be? Because it is so bizarre. It's not a reflection. It's not like a headlight going by and you see it. The reflection. It's right. It's sustained. And it goes moving. on for a while. Yeah, it goes on for like the entire time he's walking. Yeah. Like, it's not like a one and done flash. It's, no. No. it's moving around him and it's moving around him yeah it's right by him
2: um oh that's that's the other experience actually you and i both had uh was when we were in uh colon michigan uh the picture that we got at the the magician's uh, graveyard yeah so um there are are two towns in mid uh, like mid-southern michigan i guess
1: yeah, it's very much Southern Michigan. Yeah,
2: so kind of near, um, kind of south of Grand Rapids, uh, south, of Battle, uh, south Creek. of Battle Creek. Excuse me. So
1: it's not far from the Indiana border. Truly. Yeah.
2: Um, Marshall and Colon. Uh, Marshall is the home of uh, the American Museum of Stage Magic.
1: Yeah, which we missed going to. Yeah. But we'll go back.
2: Um, and then Colon. Is the home of Abbott's Magic Factory, which uh, was originally co-owned by Harry Blackstone Sr. Um, and I was, when I was a kid, I was really interested in stage magic, and I, I lack the dexterity to do it. I, you know, but it's a thing that has always been interesting to me. Me and too.
1: I've I've watched it. I was never. Well, I mean, I would be willing to learn it, but I never got any books out or anything like that. Yeah. But, yeah. But like the mystique if, around it. If I had known meeting. that was so close yeah. to where I grew up, I mean, I would have gone. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So. <laughs> I can't could... believe my mother didn't know that was there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that it was, that was there. And I spent most of my life growing up in Michigan. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean, I lived like 20 minutes away from Battle Creek. Yeah. Literally 20 minutes down the highway. My father worked there for several years. Yeah. We had no idea it was there.
2: Um, but. So you can go to Abbott's Magic Factory actually. Um, the reason that Harry Blackstone Senior lived there was his uh, summer home uh, was because the fishing was good. He built, he bought an island and built a house on the island, and then he built his own practice theater so that he would have other, he could practice his shows in the off season, and then he would have other magicians come and would they would practice their shows there. And uh, he invited this magician over from Australia who went in uh, with him on this factory to produce the actual stage magic props and things, uh, which they still do to this day.
1: Yeah. And it's, I cannot stress how out there in the country this place is. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is one of the smallest communities I've ever been in, in my life. And I've toured the UP. Um, (laughs) We talked about the Paulding light already. That's middle of nowhere. Yeah. So is this place and they make magic props and it's, Awesome. Well, and they do
2: a big international magician's gathering do, there every which we summer still in need August. To go to. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's in the gym of the high school. Is it? Yes. Oh, a large wow. part of it is in the gym of the high school. And there.
1: and isn't there mascot. Like, a rabbit in a hat. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um and we you know, when we were there, there's all kinds of like magic um associated stuff. So like all of the the bike, you know, parking things are all shaped like uh rabbits in hats and the planters. It was, it was all the planters, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> along the street where they, you know, the city plants flowers and things are all rabbits and hats and things. Yeah, um, they're
1: downtown, which is like.
2: It's very tiny.
1: I mean, yeah, I cannot it's, stress out. It's, I thought outsigo and Plainwell were small towns. This colon does not compare. Otsego yeah. is Otigo's like the big city compared to colon. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, but the other thing that's in colon is the magician's graveyard. And Blackstone Senior, Junior, all of their family is buried there. There are a number of other famous. Um, stage magicians and things buried there there's a couple of tv comedians i think that are buried there mm-hmm. um so there's a whole bunch of performers that that yeah that was their final resting place this middle of nowhere place it is Michigan. really beautiful there it is it is
0: absolutely beautiful there um
2: and in addition to that there's a bunch of historic headstones there from the 1800s and things um uh, there's a lot of uh lumbermen, Yes, who were buried there there's some civil war era graves that are buried you know oh, that yeah. are there absolutely um so it's kind of interesting if you if you're interested in graveyard type stuff yeah. if you historical gravestones and you see some really unique sculptural ones there that's yes. really cool
1: yeah it, that's the first time i'd seen a lot of these things yeah like gravestones in the shape of tree stumps yes. i've never seen that before and there are a bunch of them there
2: yeah um and they were associated with essentially the the Lumberman's version of like the Masons. It it was you know a beneficial yeah. society kind of thing.
1: Yep. Of course, Michigan, lots of lumber.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: lots of Masons too.
2: Yeah, um, but I so I don't usually take photographs in in cemeteries. I kind of feel like it's a little bit disrespectful to me. Um, but for whatever reason, I maybe I I may have handed you the camera because I didn't want you it might to. Might have given it, it to Kay, or I might have given it to. She's
1: K. she's big on yeah photos. Um, So I don't know which one of us took this photo
2: Yeah, I don't think it was me So, and this was taken with a a digital camera Uh, Not
1: a phone, we didn't really have those yet
2: Right (laughs) (laughs) Or not ones that were worth a damn Yeah, yeah Uh, So we had a picture where there was a brilliant light at the very back of the cemetery
1: Well, it looks like it's in the back of the cemetery If you zoom in, it's not
2: Oh yeah, you're right, Yeah, that's true
1: because We zoomed in pretty damn far. Yeah. Because I had Photoshop at the time and we could actually clean it up a bit and zoom yeah. in. Um,
2: but there's this brilliant light that just appears. And there, you can see in the photo, there's nothing for it to be reflecting off of. It's, no. it's not off of a tombstone. It's not off of like the one truck that was there in the cemetery from you know the maintenance person or the groundskeeper or whoever it was. Um, so we had no explanation as to what this weird flash or glow is and it doesn't yeah. it's not like a lens flare it's not anything where you know you would go oh well that's just like uh, the sun at a weird angle on the on the glass of the lens because um, it doesn't look like that it doesn't look like a lens. well flare. I think
1: the sun was behind us
2: it could have been at yeah. that point um, it all the closest thing I can think of that it looks like is if somebody was um, shooting a camera flash at you yeah that's kind of it's what it looks like. It's that kind
1: of thing. It, so
2: it's this weird, brilliant flash yeah. that we captured. There
1: was one other car driving around, and we, we did look to see if it was maybe flashing off of their um, like Reflecting re- or windshield yeah. or something, if we happened to be taking it when they were driving by. But no, because when I zoomed in, it looked like it was hovering over a tombstone.
2: Kind of, yeah. And you can see. I think you can see, if I remember right, it's been a while since I looked at that picture, um, you can see where that car is, and it's in a different part of...
1: I think so. The cemetery. Because we did look for that car, because we did know it was there. Yeah. We remembered that. And that was the immediate was, well, is it reflecting off the windshield or one of the windows? And now if you zoom in, of course, you zoom in, it gets really
2: grainy. Yeah, and stuff, yeah.
1: really yeah. grainy. But it looked, I, I remember it looking like it was hovering above a tombstone.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that was the, yeah, that was I think the other one that I can think yeah, of, like, of my Michigan. Again, it looked
1: like to me like Tinkerbell, the little Tinkerbell light that floats around. You kind of, yeah. That's what it looked like.
2: Yeah. Hm.
1: But yeah, that was that was a neat trip. And that was when we also took the haunted tour of Marshall, which we'll be talking about Marshall um in another episode. Yeah. We just needed to re-record that because <laughs> it got
2: messed up, which we will do. Well, and now you have that haunted Marshall book.
1: Yes, which I had I had that before um, I got it through the library. I believe it came from the Battle Creek Library, maybe Marshall Library. Oh, I think it came from the Marshall Library because there was like a dedication on the inside cover. It was really sweet. Oh, gotcha. Um, but with the libraries closed, I couldn't get that again. And I thought, screw it. So I bought it online through BookBound in Ann Arbor, trying to support them. Um, so yeah, now we have that book, and I and it was it's a really good book. Um, ghost books tend to come in mostly two kinds it's either a medium who's going into people's houses which those are very interesting but they're homes they're not places i'm going to go visit so while they're interesting they're not particularly useful to me (laughs) at least for this purpose um or they're ghost stories they're told like campfire stories they're not investigated i have come across a few that do come at it more from a Scientific side and and Brian Mason, who I've been in contact with on Facebook, um, he's currently working on another book in about the thumb area, I think. So keep an eye out for that. Um, But he comes at it from a a skeptic. He doesn't try to explain it. He doesn't do any of the investigations. He does interview some people who did some investigations and he talks about it. But he just comes at it from a straight. Here's what people told me. Here's the story. And a lot of them are public places. Some of them are private homes, Mm -hmm. uh, but the people telling the stories are very upfront and open some of our historical homes so you can drive by or mm. whatever maybe don't knock on the door that might be rude but um it's a really good good solid book i did want to attack some spots with a red pen just because i'm a proof proofing editor and that's what i do for part of my living mm. um but it's it's a good book it's definitely what i'd say look past some of the grammar mistakes or the the editing and proofing mistakes look past that because it's a solid book and we'll be going over that in the marshall episode
2: i will say i did grow up less than a mile from what is supposedly the most possessed house in yes. america
1: yes this is one again in like the medium books that i've read um a few mediums and and uh psychic ladies have gone into this house
2: and it's it's a, it's it's a pretty famous oh it's very like, famous um episode of of a house being possessed Yes. I don't think it was ever a specific person. I think it was always the house. As it was the known. house. um, To where, you know, it's been referred to as like, you know, a portal to hell or something. Yeah, like
1: they that. say there's a portal to hell in the house or behind the house because yeah. it backs up to a cemetery. It does. In uh, where, Dearborn. Where
2: most of my relatives are buried.
1: Yeah. It's a big Catholic cemetery. Yeah. That cemetery, I believe, is how I learned about putting candles on graves. Yeah oh because it freaked me out was it christmas or something no so it's for (laughs) all it starts at all
2: souls day so okay yeah um in catholicism yeah you so you and it's it's tapering off more and more and more Um, and i only know this because we sell these candles and so i can look at the sales records yeah but the younger generation doesn't do this very much this is which is kind of a shame primarily an older generation thing
1: i'm part of that generation that's not doing it but
2: yeah but uh And it's the same thing With like Graveyard wreaths And things like that That mm-hmm. people just don't Spend the money on it Yeah But yeah The, the tradition is you, you light a candle On the grave That's supposed to go From uh, All Souls Day Through the month of November Okay And then December You switch it out For typically A, a grave wreath Or a grave blanket Or a grave pillow Okay Um, Which mm-hmm. is like An evergreen Arrangement Kind of deal Okay um, so, uh, yeah, it, it backs up to, uh, a very, very large cemetery. Yes. Um, over there.
1: And it had, had a sizable enough Catholic, um, sector. or is it all Catholic?
2: Uh, as far as I know, it is at least pre- predominantly Catholic. And there I, are, mean, I don't think you have to be. There are a lot more
1: Catholics on this side of the state than there were where yeah. I was growing up. <laughs>
2: you don't, I mean, I know you don't have to be Catholic to be buried there. Yes. Um, I mean.
1: You, you saw the Catholic cemetery when my grandfather was buried.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was the only Catholic cemetery I had been to.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, but it is, yeah, it is <laughs> it is named after a saint anyway. Yeah. So. Um, yeah,
1: this one is it- itty bitty.
2: Yeah. Itty bitty. Um, so yeah, it's...
1: whether or not my relatives did that, I don't know. Yeah. My grandparents might have, but um, they don't, Catholics are not well received in that area. So they may have downplayed some of the uh, Catholic traditions. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, West Michigan is is not, not friendly to Catholics. Mm-hmm. Things may have changed some, but I doubt it. <laughs> They're pretty Calvinist over there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh. when I first saw those lights, I was like, "What is the oh God? What is that?"
2: <laughs> and I, I I don't I don't know necessarily what, like the meaning behind what the actual candles are supposed to be, but but yeah yeah. So yeah, essentially the day after Halloween, you're supposed to go and light those. And- mm-hmm keep them going Um, and usually it's a seven day candle or a five day candle and then you just go out there and you replace it you have to go out there a couple of times during the month Mm -hmm. Um, or nowadays you can get battery powered ones you can get yeah you know um stuff like that
1: yeah supposedly along the edge of this cemetery there's a portal to hell
2: and nobody like (laughs) it is not public as to what house it is like no you will not you will not find the identity or address of this house no no matter where you look um, I've read I about it. Know.
1: No, I've read about it in several books, and they've always made a point of saying, "I am not telling you where this house is." Um, I'll just tell you about the house. But it's been on TV. It's been in many books. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you look look through, if you look for haunted stories in Michigan, you you will come across it. Yeah. pretty much. Ported to hell in Dearborn.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of all the the. Spooky experiences I can think of that are associated with Michigan that I've ever had.
1: I remember when we were on vacation in Seattle, we did the underground tour.
2: Oh yeah, and
1: you—I you, saw nothing. Nobody saw anything, but you saw something.
2: I—I I saw somebody, um, uh, go around the corner and then disappear. Yeah. Um. So this per—like this person—goes around the corner, and we're not that far behind them. Um and i saw absolutely i was standing
1: right next to you yeah. i saw absolutely nothing
2: and as soon as you go around that corner you go back into the gift shop it was at the very end of the tour so you go you go like up the stairs into the gift shop and as soon as we came around that corner it hit me that the the, per, the person that i saw go around the corner isn't there they're not in the gift shop and i mean i thought shop.
1: it was earlier in the tour like when we went into this room
2: no i don't believe so
1: Okay, that's how I remember it.
2: Yeah, um, but it was yeah, it was it was enough where like we were not that far behind that person. Yeah, following behind them, going around that corner, that person was gone. Um, mm-hmm. whether that was you know a ghost, whether that was
1: a really speedy employee.
2: I I <laughs> I didn't know. see anybody. Yeah,
1: I think you were ahead of me.
2: I could have been. And yeah. I
1: think you were even ahead of the tour. I mean, not by like by like, yeah. three feet. I mean not.
2: Yeah, I took a I took a bunch of pictures during that tour too, um, of some of the. So if you've never been to the Seattle Underground, um, there, there are kind of like almost ruins of the original city. It's really cool underneath there. It's really neat. It's really but you, neat. But there's a lot of stuff that's left in you know intact in its original condition or left how they found it. Yeah. Anyway, um, that makes for some really good photo opportunities and things. I've got some cool pictures of like old electric signs and things that yeah. collapsed and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's really neat.
2: Um, and so I might've been like going ahead to get a photo or, or something in one of the corners. I think
1: think the tour guide kind of hung back to answer some questions. Could have been. Yeah. But yeah, you weren't very far ahead of us.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was, that was an oddball experience. Certainly. Yeah. That was weird. Um, I have not had any here in Ipsy. Nope.
1: No, me neither. Like I used to think, um, you know, like hearing whispers and, um, Feeling presences and and seeing like shadow people, mm-hmm. just you felt that everywhere that had just happened everywhere. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> good no. Turns out it was just those couple houses I lived in. <laughs>
2: yeah, Ipsy seems to be uh, seems to be pretty chill so far, um, which is which is unusual to me because it is very, it is a pretty old city. Like it's yeah, it's a city with some history. So, um, and we've certainly yeah. done the you know the cemetery tours and things like that, not haunted tours, but the... and there are
1: definitely some spots in Ipsy that um, I would like to look into we went to the um firehouse museum yeah and that one is uh notoriously haunted didn't have any experiences there but that is where we first saw john Tenney. yes um uh, made his acquaintance
2: yeah um and you
1: told him the time slip story i
2: did and and he actually compared it to his uh, yeah. his time slip story too yeah yep um th- i know the the ladies' library is supposed to be haunted yep. which is not far from the firehouse um
1: by um the lady it's named after in fact and she also haunts i believe it's Starkweather hall on campus she's been spotted there as well okay also named after her um she founded the ladies library i believe or helped found she Mm co-founded um but yeah she's apparently a busy lady gets around (laughs) but yeah we'll get into some of that when we do ipsy but we we need to go around and actually talk to people yeah which we'd like to do for a second ann arbor one because it's it's fun to get that personal touch rather than just me going through books and newspapers and things like that it's nice to have some personal stories which is why we wanted to do this Mm -hmm. i guess that's all we've got with my chatting with greg as we're on his first day of unemployment as we're quarantined in our house yeah (laughs) i've been home uh for almost two weeks now um we closed early but they just closed after the governor gave the announcement so we're here yeah. with the kitties. Memphis I got to, I got next to work to longer
2: than some people. So you did. I can't. You know, I'm. Yeah. I'm looking at the bright side. Like I can't complain. Yeah, we got you know, that much. Too much. Yeah. I. I got. You know, we kept going for longer than than some businesses that we know. And you know, I have a promise of rehire at the very least once we reopen. Yep. So. Whereas I'm that.
1: just, I'm not even unemployed. They just told me not to come to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm. I'm being compensated. However. We do have a Patreon. If someone feels so inclined, um, we can certainly get that set up. If we, do. I don't know if we have it all the way set up yet, but um, and Cinemaguano also has a Patreon. If people want to check out that podcast and support us over there, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if we don't have the Patreon set up um, publicly with Haunted Mitten, we definitely will get working on that. I need. I might need to publish it. I have it set up, mm-hmm. but we will figure out all of that stuff because we have all the time in the world now to do
2: that. People can also purchase our books at various yep, online uh, book retailers.
1: Uh, um, Yeah, Cox, Crowns, and Carriages just came out. Um, Gears, Goals, and Gauges. It's twin. They were birthed at the same time. Um, those are now out. and um, Queen of Clocks and other steampunk tales. Kay is in it. Aaron is in it. You are in it. And I am in it. Yep. Um, yeah support support people support your local bookstores buy ghost books you can buy haunted marshall um there's a haunted kalamazoo book which i haven't broken into yet i purchased that uh, last year i think we haven't done kalamazoo yet but we will um i currently have the haunted lansing book out i've been told that's a really good one too i got that out from the library over a year ago and i've just had it ever since i just keep renewing it Mm -hmm. um but i'll probably end up purchasing that one too Maybe I'll share on Instagram some pictures of my haunted books. People can support their local bookstores, order online.
2: Um, You can also find uh, my last anthology book, which uh, was the Harvey Duckman Christmas Special. And then coming up, I think they're still planning on releasing it in April, is Harvey Duckman Volume 4. They are. Which Chris and I are both in. Yep,
1: we'll both be in that. Yep. Buy our books, support us.
2: Um, Those are both available. Yeah, those will be both. The Christmas Special is available on Amazon, at least in uh ebook format so you can get it instantaneously uh mm-hmm. you know out of season though it may be uh and then the other one i assume yeah it's probably gonna be on amazon first and then other places later maybe I don't that know. seems to be how that a particular publisher well <laughs> i mean releases. that was for christmas that's true too
1: that could have been a oh crap We're that's true that deadline. did come out
2: like the day before christmas yeah so i think that was a deadline thing yeah but
1: could be wrong but and you can buy ebooks um, through local bookstores, sometimes. I know Crazy Wisdom, you can buy ebooks through them, you can buy audiobooks through them. Um, so, if you don't want to buy a physical book in your way into ebooks, you can still support an indie bookstore.
0: All right, and that was Greg and Krista. That was a great interview. That was my dog. Um, I probably let it go on a little bit longer than I should have, but I was learning a whole bunch of information that I hope that you guys learned too. Uh, I guess we have a new place in Detroit to te- check out, or in Dearborn, I'm sorry, that I didn't know about before. Um, as for the end podcast stuff, you can find us at Haunted Mitten on all social media. You can email us at contacthauntedmitten uh, at gmail.com. You can find me at K Gray Writes pretty much everywhere. You could find Krista, Krista K Coburn. You could find Greg, I think think as Thomas Gregory throughout social media Uh, if not I will have him correct me yeah thank you for listening thank you for putting up with us during this quarantine season Um, starting October we'll be publishing a lot more often we'll try to stick to a schedule and have more episodes for you as well uh, including the Marshall one that Krista mentioned in this episode so thanks again support us on Patreon if you think that we're doing a good job Otherwise, come check us out. Come interact with us on social media. We would love to hear your stories. Thanks, Michigals, and happy haunting.